Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to the DJ Diaries, a brand new podcast by Lara Fraser and myself, Laura Podelska. How you doing? My name is Gary Powell. I am at DJ Diaries. Check it out. Hello and welcome to episode one of the DJ Diaries with Lara Fraser and myself, Lara Podelska, and our very first guest, the one, the only, the legend, Mr. Gary Powell. Welcome. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Guys, can we have a cheers? Cheers. Thank cheers. you so much for coming on, Goodbye. Gary. And you are more than welcome. Hour, um, helping us set up. So thank you. <laughs> so this brings me to how we met Gary Powell. Gary, there's a few reasons about your first guest. Number one, we absolutely love you and adore you and we're big fans of yours. Oh, that's really cool. Thank but you. Also, this is called the DJ Diaries and you, I don't know if you know this, but you are the reason that Lara and I are actually DJing because on our very first gig, I think it was five years ago. Do you know it was at an art gallery? I, I know. don't know if you remember It was Westie's art gallery. Exactly. It was. And I left you guys to go watch Kasabian at the forum. And you yes. left us, but you taught us a few tricks first because we were newbies. We were complete beginners. It was our first gig and we kind of just, we, we booked it because we said, um, yeah, no, we can DJ. And if it wasn't for you, we would have messed up really badly. And since this is our podcast, I can say that we would have fucked up. In fact, it wouldn't have happened. Which, so thank you. Which is a lot like my first DJing story as well. But continue. It's DJ Diaries, guys. This is the space where we have unfiltered stories. So anything that you want to say, feel free to say it. We will not censor you. We want the truth behind what happens when you're out on stage. I, we can say anything we want. I have a third nipple. Oh my god, me too. What is that? <laughs> but the question is, does it get aroused? Does it go hard? Does, does, it, does, does it, it get aroused? Does, does it get around? Aroused? Let's check. Ooh, that's Ooh. a spot. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, apologies. Apologies. 
I like I like you guys specifically, and this, we're gonna have to edit this thing out. Yeah, we're gonna totally have to edit no. this out because from from when I met you at that gig, Westy's gig, yeah. at, at, the, the, at, the, at 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 his gallery, and you ca- you guys came up to me and you're like, um, how do you really like use this equipment? Yeah, and I no, and no, I, no. Gave, I think and I, and specifically, I gave... what's the filter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> how do we turn it on? <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. Uh. And 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 then we chatted, and I showed, and I showed you what whatever I could show you at that particular point in time with with a good old chat for the ascendancy of you guys from Ben. Yeah. It's like it's like being watching a rocket. Oh, and that's what I like. You. I like forward thinking people who don't stand still, who are not stagnant in life, who are not reliant on anybody else giving them a foot up. Who are just like we need to kind of go and do this. Even coming into the studio right now, I'm in here. The studio set up. This is you guys. There is no engineering here. But I like I like forward thinking people. I like forward thinking people who are just like the world will shit on us if yeah. we don't go. If we if we are not positive, forward thinking and and doing whatever we can do in order in order to create the stories in life so that in the future when we sat down and we're old and decrepit with arthritis and somebody says grandma or whatever mm. they say what did you do you have these great stories to tell because that's the only reason we're here i completely it ain't about it ain't about making money it ain't about none of that nonsense yeah. it's about the fact that one day you're going to be able to sit down and you're going to be able to go you know what i remember this time yeah, and someone that will come in here and see the stain on the wall. It is champagne and it not is. what you think, yeah. naughty minds. Got a few quick fire questions. I do want to know, edibles or smoking? Edibles. Okay. Okay, the one song that you think will get everyone up and dancing immediately, no matter where you are. Oh my God, that's a really tough mm. one because I've got come with so freaking many. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, I've got a, I've, I've, there's, a, there's a backstory behind this one. I was DJing mm. in... in Zurich, and again, I just have travel travel woes. I, I, this is my fault. I mi- I missed a flight, and then I had to get a connecting flight into some other city. I can't remember what what the other city was. And then I got a bus into into Zurich, and I literally had like an hour before I went on stage, and I had a bit of food. And the, the the guy who owned the venue's daughter, who I'm still really good friends with now, his name is Christian Romberg. And at that point in time, I I didn't know I didn't know who Christian was. I had no idea who his daughter was. And then mm-hmm. then they, 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 they were just really really cool. But then I found out that Christian Romberg is like an Austrian kind of like multi millionaire with like um, mm-hmm. resorts out in Thailand and God knows wherever else. And then and then I bumped into his daughter in Hong Kong years ago. And then we went and met him. At this really fancy restaurant, and he own, he owns the Key Club restaurant. Anybody who knows Hong Kong, the Key the Key Club Chinese restaurant in Hong Kong. That's, that's one one of his ma- one of Whoa. his major vent- ventures. And we went to this really really swanky place and introduced me to some dude who owns a bank and all that type of nonsense. And as you do, as you do, but we got back we got back we got back to Zurich. I think it was Zurich anyway. And I I had some food. And but I didn't have time to kind of like figure out what I was doing. And I I literally put the last mouthful of food in my mouth. And, and and then the guys were like, we've really got to go now because you should have been on stage like half an hour ago. I was like, what do you mean I should have been on stage half an hour ago? So I, so I then turned up and just kind of like said, hi, oh, how you doing? <laughs> and I put on my first track was, um, um, it was um, a band, an Australian band called um, Art Versus Science. It was, yeah. yeah, I put on Art Versus Science. Yeah. And and I put on the track, it wasn't... Um, Hollywood Francais, it was Magic Mountain. Oh, I put on yay. Magic Mountain. And I put that track on because I was like, oh, I was like, literally, I just went Magic Mountain. I'm going to put that track on. And it just started, it, start, it starts off with like this monologue. In the beginning, there was a mountain. 
but not any oh. mountain. And this whole crowd just kind of just stopped and went, what the hell is going on? And then when the track kicked in, Everybody went fucking mental. And I was like, half an hour late. Yeah, whatever. I've got this. It's totally fine. Quick fire. Grime or drum and bass? Drum and bass. Um, which country has the biggest crowd that turns up? Like gets the messiest uh, when you I'm do a show? Germany. Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. All right. One lesson you would tell your younger self? Don't be a dickhead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? Um... I used to be a dickhead. Funniest tabloid line that has ever come out about the Libertines. And with me specifically, there was a picture of Pete in New York with a guy that we affectionately called Cracker Chris, who was a crack addict. And and, and the son said that Cracker Chris was me. And I flipped no. and I got and I managed I got the son to print a retraction. Good for you. No, Good but for, so no, you high should. High. Fondest gig memory. Um Playing Fuji Rock with um, Dirty Pretty Things. Yeah. Um, I, I, I DJ, DJ Diaries. I DJed in Tokyo um, the night beforehand and had an amazing night DJing at this club. I can't remember what the club was called. And I'm, look, I'm luckily, I'm, in a few months' time, we're back in Tokyo and Osaka and I get to DJ there again at the this same club. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that's but awesome. It's a fly, five hours drive from. From Tokyo to um from to to Mount Fuji, well not Mount Fuji, I think it's all Namba, um exactly. This is the big festival we're talking the big about, Fuji Rock, yeah. yeah. And 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 we carried on drinking and being stupid on, on the tour bus going towards the festival. By the time we got to the festival, it was early in the morning, and all I wanted to do was go to bed. Yeah. And mm. I carried a, a small amount of equipment with me. I had my stick bag, mm. and a few little bits of accessories, and because I didn't know what what kid I was going to be playing, but I'll get onto that later on. Mm -hmm. And then I got my key, I got out all my passes and stuff, and I got into the lift to go to bed. And I was all in my mind, I was just like, I need to go to bed. I'm so, so tired, and the lift is full of people. And I stood there with my eyes closed, and I was just like, I need to go to bed. I'm dying to go to bed. I've got to go to bed. And then some guy said, oh, Zildjian, looking at my stick bag. Mm. He's like, somebody's a drummer. And I, with my eyes closed, went, oh, Zildjian, somebody's a dickhead. Oh, <laughs> He just kind of ignored it. This guy went, this guy went, hi, I'm Mitch Mitchell. And I went, and I looked, and it was Mitch Mitchell stood in front of me. Mitchell, he played with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. No. And it was in the Jimi Hendrix experience, and they were playing on the Sunday morning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I've just really, really shit the bed now. What the f oh. And then the elevator stopped at, at the floor, and a bunch of people got out. Did Mitch Mitchell get out? No. no. Another floor? Did Mitch Mitchell get out? No. no. Until the lift was left with two people in there. Me and Mitch Mitchell. I walked out the lift. I walked right. Guess which way Mitch Mitchell walked? No! He walked right! Oh, my days. And we still haven't spoken since I just called him a dickhead. And then I stopped at my door. Whose door was opposite mine? Mitch Mitchell's. His room was opposite mine. And then we stopped. I looked at him. And then he laughed and I laughed. <laughs> oh, and that was good. that was actually quite funny. So that, it was a good move. A good... But then I went, and then we had a little bit of a chat. And then I went to see him play in the morning with okay. the Jimi Hendrix experience. Mm. And then we had a chat afterwards. And it was really, really cool. Mm. Was it amazing? It was, was amazing. He, was he incredible? He was, really, he was incredible. Got, obviously, I've only seen him. He was incredible. And yeah. I, I know, I don't want to talk ill of the dead, but a lot of people talk about yeah. the, the, the amazing Ginger Baker. But yeah, when yeah. it comes to drumming, British drummers, from that particular mm. point in time, mm. There's nobody that was better than Mitch Mitchell. Yeah. There wasn't. Mm. There wasn't anybody better than Mitch Mitchell. 
And then we went on stage and I was then very much into a specific type of gear that was made by um, Yamaha called the Musashi snare drum. And they mm-hmm. built a whole drum kit that was made based on the fabled warrior called Musashi. And I read about Musashi and I love Musashi. Musashi was a guy who then went on to read, if ever, if it went on to write, so I should say, um, if anybody knows, uh, The Art of War. Yes. Yes. That is that is Musashi's art of war. And Yamaha made this snare drum. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. So I went I went when we were getting ready to go on stage in the afternoon, um, I went to the dressing room and there was a bunch of Yamaha dignitaries up there waiting and they said, We've got a a surprise for you. And they said, Come and I followed them and they and I followed them to the stage and they'd built for me a Musashi drum. Kit, no complete massage oh kit. That's God. amazing. That's Do you amazing. still have it to this day? No, no, it's in no. Japan. Oh, it's in Japan. Gosh. But, but, they, but they built it, they, they, you know, from from parts what that they had. They, they, you know, they set they set up my kit for me. Wow. Complete massage. That's such an honor. And then they said, "We've cleared it with the festival. You can go play it now." And there was a bunch of people out front, and I tapped around for a little bit, but it sounded so amazing. But oh, I just played. And played, yeah. and played. Yeah, you're like you're gonna played, have to drag me off played, this stage. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And yeah. then when I did get, when I did eventually get dragged off stage, I literally had five minutes before I had to come back onto stage. That's how long it played. Oh, I just my. wouldn't stop. It's I just a, couldn't it's stop. A passion for you, it was right? absolutely beautiful. It just, it just sounded amazing. So I, that would be, that would be my one. I love that story. I, I do absolutely love, love that. that. And I, it's just you know you t- we're talking about legends and you, the humility you have, you know, about like, meeting legends. I ain't no freaking That's legend. Like, okay. uh, I ain't no Albert Eindish. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, the final one I want to finish up on is if you could go back to back with any DJ, who would it be? Back to back with any any DJ. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, they'd have to be shitter than me. Yeah, um, no, it, it, that, is, that is important. That is important. No, yeah. no, actually, actually, it it wouldn't be. I'd go back to back with um with Todd Turge. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Todd Turge. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he's wappy yeah. and crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say um. You know, apart from being a DJ, you're a drummer, you're a singer, you're a producer, you are in a major band called uh, Libertines. Mm-hmm. What? How? How does this all go together? Of course it does because it's all being artistic. But what is it that brings you the most joy? It it goes together, but it doesn't go together. It goes together. Yeah, it goes together, but it doesn't go together because first and foremost, I'm I'm Gary more than I am anything else. And I, I know I'm talking about myself within the third person, which is always very very douchey to no. talk about yourself in the third. You know, it totally no, is. Not yeah. douchey. No, it totally not on is. this. No, not on this. I don't mean talking about yourself I'm in the third sorry. person is douchey. I'm with Gary on this one. It it's really, really douchey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about yourself Lara in the third person is extremely douchey. I see what you did there. Laura thinks it's totally fine. Like, like she's she's cool with it. So, tell us more about Laura. Oh my god. Oh goodness. Tell us more about Gary. First and foremost, when I when I when I became a member of the Libertines, um, it was only by hook or by crook. I mean, I became. When we when we started together, it was a three piece. It was me, Pete, and Carl, and 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 and, and I joined the band not be, yeah, because of the music, but first and foremost because of Pete and Carl. Yeah. I bought into those guys as characters, mm. and hopefully, I think they bought into me as an individual. The ideology of what the Libertines was and the, and the Good Ship Albion and all of that type of stuff, at that point in time, it meant absolutely nothing to me. You can tell, you can spin a good yarn about a project. That it that sounds amazing, but if the people behind the project are dickheads, mm. why are you going to be involved with it? Are you going to be involved with it because the project sounds good, or are you going to be involved with it because the people 
are amazing people. And they were amazing people. I love that you say that because I think a lot of people would think these are the two most complicated artists to work with in the world. And yet here you are touring, playing Glastonbury and you guys are still together and it's still all happening. So it's interesting to hear your point of view on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm touring. I'm, I'm not, for me, I'm not touring and doing everything that I'm doing with the Libertines. I'm touring and doing everything I'm doing with my friends, Pete, Carl and John. Love That's yeah, what I'm doing. Love that. yeah. That's what I'm doing. I love that. Everything, you know, the name, the Libertines, it, it, we could change, we literally could change a name tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. And it wouldn't mean anything to me as long as I'm still with my, my, my buddies, Pete, Carl mm. and John. That is the most, that for me is the most important thing. How are the guys? I'm going to turn you around here. Who yeah. cares? Who cares? They're all dickheads. No, <laughs> no, no, they're, no, they're doing great. No, they're, they're doing great. great. They're doing I, great. We, we, they're I just want to touch on it. Obviously, Pete has a book coming out and Carl is a genius and I, the, I, I, I actually saw one of the sets you guys did and I mean, the the energy, it's all still there and that's what's amazing because now it's not the druggy, crazy party. Now, you know, you're all dads, you're a bit older, well, some of you are dads, and um, but the electricity is still there. Yeah. Do you think it changed now that it's sort of, you know, I would say heroin-free environment? Well, um, you know, is it better? Well, well scientifically speaking, there's, um, there, there was a study done um, a few years ago with reference to the fact that when you sign your record deal, mm. no matter how old you are when you sign your record deal, the energy and the emotional content between you, it doesn't change. I've heard that. So and if the emotional maturity is the what they said as the well. The emotional maturity doesn't change. So if you're 16 years old, yeah. when you sign your record deal with a bunch of people, you're going to stay that you're age. You're going to stay 16 years old with those people. Interesting. And is that a good and or a bad thing? It's... It's a it's a good and a bad thing. Mm. It's a it's it, it you know it it's kind of like maybe never never the twain shall meet, mm. but it is it is it is a it is a good and a bad thing because there's there's an aspect of it that is kind of like it's it's remembering something that is vitally important to you as an individual. It's remembering a period of time that has changed your life, yeah. Yeah. hopefully for the better, yeah. forever, and you get to go back to that period of time in order. To actually accomplish everything that you are trying mm. to do, you know, whatever it is you try to do. It's also kind of bad because sometimes you can sound like a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We can all sound like a dickhead sometimes. So. We all do. Never. We no, all do. Well, I mean, we all me. do. Well, it's, well, well I, I firmly believe that, um, and people can argue with me as much as, as, much, as much as they like, there is an age that you get to in life mm. when you decide, metaphysically or whatever, you decide... This is who I am. That's why you'll see a 21-year-old kid on the tube with a book being very, very studious, mm. reading a book, instead of being a 21-year-old kid, because he's still just a kid at the age of 21. You know, he's being very studious. This is what I do now. I read books. I studied English literature at school, and now I'm going to tell the world that I study English literature because I'm reading a book, and I'm going to my great job, or I'm going to university. Blah, 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 blah. This is who I am. Yeah. This is what I'm professing to the world. You know, you know, we, we get to that particular age and, and, and this is who we come. This is who we become. But on that, I just want to ask, do you think that is something that is decided by the person or they're emulating a gaze that they think is being put upon them? The latter. Yeah. Definitely the latter. Yeah. Definitely the latter. We all assume a role because we all assume that we have to achieve life by assuming the role that's been put in front of us. Yeah. Well, I'd like to know... Did you have any idea when you all started out and you were 
you know, you guys are still the three best friends. But before all this, because look, I look at your Instagram. I love the skating, obviously. I love that you're a dad. I love everything about you. You dress awesome. You kept really well. You look very fit. Mm. And um, cheers to that. And your kids are so cute. And your kids are so cute. And um, I want to know. Stole them. Yeah. I knew totally it. What them. I want to oh. know, totally did them. you think 20 years ago no. this would all happen? No. Or were you that arrogant kid that went, oh yeah, I'm going to be super famous, one of the biggest bands in the world? No. Okay, I had me no idea what was what I would become in 20 years' time. Right. Prior, prior to joining the Libertines, I was, I'd, I'd, I'd quit. I'd been fired from um, teaching. Mm -hmm. I was teaching music in the States. Okay. I taught um, for um, the Sight and Sound in Scarborough in, 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 in Ontario, in Canada, and the YEA the Youth Education in the Arts, coming mm -hmm. at that point in time, they were out of, oh my God, where were they? Um, Bergenfield, New Jersey. The majority of my family live in Patterson, New Jersey. So oh, it was wow. kind of like very, I very, didn't know very, that. very similar. Very, very, very similar kind of like um, neck of the woods, as it mm. was. So I spent a lot, of, a lot of time doing that. And I thought um, contemporary classical music, um, um, that was going to be my, 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 my mode of transport throughout life. I had no idea that I would end up being in a rock and roll band. Wow. When that kind of failed... I then, because, because all of my heroes at that point in time were, were drummers like Akira Jimbo yeah. and Dave Weckl, um, Oscar Peterson on piano, Chick Corea on piano. Oh, they were literally the best of the best. And me, I looked at myself and was like, well, I ain't nothing like that. There ain't no way I'm as good as these people. There ain't no way. So I was like, well, I need to find myself something else to do mm. because I'm never going to be achieve the goals that they've achieved. So I started doing other things. When I was with the Libertines, I was selling color advertising Color um, advertising. Color advertising. What's that? You know, like the, this, is, this, this is going back in the day now. Children, <laughs> not being patronizing now, but children. Mm -hmm. There used to be a thing called the Yellow Pages. Oh, I, I come remember. On, oh, come now. on. I, I, do you I know mean, what? I'm no, 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 no. You <laughs> had to ask. You I, had to ask what Color Pages was. So now I'm no, breaking it down I, for you. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I know it. I'm Australian. I know it as the Yellow Pages. Is what we know it as. So uh, you know. It was a Yellow Pages around the world. Oh, okay. Index Yellow Pages mm. in the states. So, or nine X yellow pages in New York. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what I was doing. Genius. And it was Genius. the shittiest job in the Genius. entire world. And yeah. that's what I was doing then. And then I had a job giving um, financial advice from a script. Okay. Scripted okay. financial okay. advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that paid for studio time. That's what we did for, for, yeah. for studio time. But, if you, but at that point in time, if you were to tell, if you were to roll forward at, for me six months and then say that we'd be playing Reading Elite Festival, yeah. Not six clue. months from then. Because this went six really months. fast, right? It went this, very, very you fast. You guys went from wow. literally playing Camden to Reading. Yeah. Is that is that? Am I right to say that? Yeah, it that's was, huge. Yeah, that's huge. And, and we are we are recording in Camden right now. We're recording so in Camden right now. And I, do you know what, Gary? The truth is, I know you're you know you're flying the world right now on private jets. I made at May ask, mm -hmm. um, which <laughs> he's moved up. Uh, he's, he's moved, moved up. up. Um, he still moved took up. the time but to come to, in that morning. I may have been on a private jet that night, but in the morning I should have been on. Ryanair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and, funny how life works. Yeah. Um, tell us about your first DJ. My, fir my, my, my DJ story began. My DJ story began. Um, I was trying to actually remember how many years ago it began without it making it without it making me sound like I'm ancient, even though I know I am. But it was a long time ago, and I was in I was in Amsterdam with an ex girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She was an ex girlfriend at the time. She was flying back to Sacramento. Okay. okay. And we went to a, went for a trip to to Amsterdam for a last hurrah. And as she got on, the, as she boarded the plane, and I was going back to the hotel for one more night, 
and I think Russell Warby, our booking agent, he was coming out because he called us the night beforehand, and we and me and Mike's girlfriend, we just done some mushrooms and he was just talking a bunch of crap to me which was just hilarious it was just really really funny and then the next thing i knew i just remember waking up the next day going russell warby <laughs> russell Wa wait a minute russell's is he coming is russell oh russell's coming cool so i had another another night of crazy enough of booze and god knows whatever else with russell, with russell. Warby. yeah with russell oh yeah. who i saw gosh. last week actually he was a great guy is he still I your love... booking agent he's not okay he's not, not i wish he no, I wish um, he was. was this post mushroom incident or I'm trying to remember if it was no Russell turning up was post mushroom. Okay. okay, that was definitely post mushroom. Okay, yeah. so anyway, as I'm walking back to the hotel, I get a phone call from our then ex manager. He was our then manager, Alan McGee, and Alan McGee calls up and says, "Gary, Gary, 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 where are you?" I was like, "In Amsterdam." He went, "Right, right, right, right," because he he said "right" a lot. Right, 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 right. And then he said, "I'm sending you to Bologna to DJ at the weekend," and I went, "Okay." Because <laughs> he knew I was a bit of a vinyl junkie and I just played okay. lots of music and stuff okay. and blah, 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 But blah, you blah. hadn't DJed. But I hadn't, I'd never DJed in front of folk beforehand. I'd like put records on. Okay, but that's a start. Listen, but that's, that's not Alan McGee calling you up yeah. and saying, can you DJ in Barcelona? <laughs> but I, me I, me I do actually remember saying, but you do, right? you do know that I've never really kind of DJed in front of folk beforehand. Mm. And he was like, don't worry about it, man. It'll be fine. Mm. Oh, sorry. Don't worry about it, God. It'll be fine. So flew in from um, flew in from Stansted. I got picked up at the airport by some dude in some big ass car, and I'm just like, oh, this is kind of getting real. This is this is getting a bit real because I wasn't paying any attention to it before. I had a few a few drinks in the bar, yeah, mm. a few drinks on the plane, and then and then he's and then this dude said, right, we're taking you to a radio station, and I went, what do you mean you're taking me to a radio station? He said. Like there's, there's everybody knows that you're coming. So there's, there's, there's a, it's a big, it's a big deal that That's you're coming amazing. out. And I went, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. And a bunch of people met me at this, this Bologna radio station, and they took, and then they interviewed me, blah blah. And they were like, what type of set are you playing? Me, I literally the night before, I went out the night beforehand, and I just like, I, I burnt a shitload of CDs, and just, and just like, just, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Don't want some indie schmindy nonsense. I'm gonna play some indie stuff and and a bit, and then I'm like, well, I don't just, I don't actually like playing indie. Mm. I'm not an indie DJ. I've never have been. I, I you know, we, at home. Beforehand, with my vinyl, it was all it was rare grooves, it was funk, it was acid jazz, it was jazz, it was it was it was it was tech house, it was tech. It was I just played everything at home apart from indie. Yeah. There was only a few things indie that I played, and the only thing reason I played it was because I was in the amphitheater of indie. Regarding DJing, it's the worst music to DJ because all producers compress the crap out of indie music, so you can't do anything with it. All okay. you can do is press play. Yeah, it's yeah. just like if you look at the wave files, it's just a block. Indie music is yeah. just a block. Okay. You can't do a damn thing with it. I'm not saying I hate indie music because I am in an, a reputable indie band, as yeah. it were. So. You know, just a small name, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I finished the I finished the 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 radio session, and then the driver says, "Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to your hotel?" Or do you want to go to the venue? And I said, maybe take me to the venue. <laughs> and I went to the venue and and the house engineer was like, said was was just like, Do you want to um sound check? And I went, Yeah, I'd love to sound check. And by the way, could you show me how to use all of this equipment? Because I've never <laughs> used any of this before in my entire life. But once he actually just kind of showed me the play record, the cue. Yeah, the setup. It's nice the that faders. he showed you. Yeah, yeah he yeah. showed me. He, he showed me, and then it was it was it wasn't it wasn't the most technical set I've ever done. Right, but I got through it. Did through you it. love it though? Did, Did I you love, fall it? In love with it? Um, I didn't fall in love with it then. No, 
what no what I actually what actually happened with me was I I I got through it, and then I realized that getting through it wasn't enough. Right. Which I find being it's a massive problem with a lot of indie DJs. Correct. Mm. They're happy just to get through it. Yeah. I'm like you can't. You gotta you, love it. You got you've got you've got you've if you've got to be a DJ in order to DJ. Agreed. You've yeah. got to and you've got to you've got to you've got to pay your dues. If not, then you're kind of sulling the waters of DJing. You're making DJing look look like it's a walk in the park. And it's not a walk in the park. It's very, very difficult. It's a difficult art form to actually get down. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I am an amazing DJ. I'm definitely you not. And I'm, I'm definitely no, 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 not no, no. an amazing DJ. We have both but, seen you DJ. But, I, but I've, I've, I've worked on the craft so that I can actually then, hopefully, stand next to eight a DJ and 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 hopefully hold my own to a certain degree. One thing I would say when we when the the times I've seen you DJ and I've seen you DJ a lot over the last five years, uh, pretty much mm. most venues that I go to, you know, you'll be that you'll be headlining it. And uh, one thing that I find with you is that you're having a blast DJing. Yeah, you always have a drink. You're always dancing. You're always saying hello to people. You just you seem in your element. Um, and that's real, right? Yeah, no, it's real. Because what I do, um, which is somewhat different to a lot of DJs, I put, I, I've still kind of like lived by the mantra of put music together to a degree. Mm. But what music I put together, I've got no idea. Mm. So then, like when back in the day when when you were younger and when I was younger, when you'd go and see a DJ play, you'd see a DJ file through his vinyl selection to try and find yeah. what the next piece of music would be. You know, that's where the terminology crate diggers come from. Mm. Crate diggers, they just dig through all of their stuff, yeah. find the next piece of vinyl while there's a piece of music playing and Whoa. then they match that piece of music perfectly. We don't do that now. Now no. we scroll on the computer. Yeah. But it's and we crazy. have and we have a, we have a, we have our decks all kind of set up for us. I don't do any of that. I don't. It's all I a mismatch. Those days, I remember being high as a kite and just kind of going yeah. through all the all the vinyls and just thinking, "This is the one," and then yeah. no, back again. So it's, it's, a, it's a complete mismatch. I, I'm literally hunting for stuff, and sometimes I'm hunting for stuff, and it's like I can see there's like a minute left mm. of that track, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm still going to try and find something," because I think it's it's a visual thing as well. People mm. want to see. They want to see you getting down and having a great time yeah. with the music. But they also want to see you hunting for stuff because in their minds, it's like, what are you going to play next? Correct. What is it that you're looking for? What is it? You know, that the audio visual thing is very important. Nobody ever says, I'm going to hear a show. Yeah. Everybody says, I'm going to see a show. I That's wanted to ask you on the, like, between the vinyl and obviously with CDJs and stuff now, do you think it's a different art form? Do you feel like you've had to... Yes. Change your skill base and your performance style. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend and say that I was a vinyl DJ. Okay. I was a. I was a. I, I was at best a semi-professional musical connoisseur. Yeah. I, I, but I, but regarding the whole kind of like concept of streaming and putting a whole bunch of music together, I that, I, I I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And it was only CD. You know, the utilization of CDJs. That gave me the opportunity to actually try and kind of like put together what would then be a complete and utter platform of music. Yeah, it's it like is. really appreciated for from Lara and I that that you've come on the show because I know you have a shitload of things to do and you're about to play Glasgow and you're on. Oh, tour. you know, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah, and it just means a lot. It's, awesome. it's never under it's never underappreciated. It really yeah. is, and it means everything to us. I, I genuinely yeah. mean that, and it's it's. It's just a joy to have to have support like you also on the gram and 
also just all around. It's it's really, really nice and it's what makes this industry so beautiful. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.